This is your host, Mystic Guide. I made it. I'm up from the dead. <laughs> oh, up from the bed, I should say. The plagues are already here, and one of them's called COVID, and I got it again, which defies biology 101. You know, what you learned, you think once you get a virus, you're not going to get it again? <laughs> they lied. I mean, you, uh, you don't know what you learned in high school, if anything is the truth. The only thing we know is the truth is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he's coming back for us, and that's what we learned last week in the rapture and the uh, gathering. Two weeks. And Ravi kindly reminded me, I'll turn this music down a little bit, he kindly reminded me of the teaching. Uh, I said, well, I'm going to have a topic for the tea party. He said, well, the oneness, because I promised that I would elaborate on the oneness. And it only fits because it's the next chapter in my book to that gathering. And at the gathering, that's when we all fuse together as one. One spiritual being, one spiritual family, one spiritual entity. So if you want to go over what I taught last week, it should be up in the air and on Spotify. And it's in my book, chapter 7, I believe. And there's two parts to that chapter, and it's very Detailed, but the key is fusion, fusion of body, soul, and spirit. Remember, Paul says, may your whole body, soul, and spirit be preserved. I'd like to get into a detail of that word preserved, but I couldn't find anything more than, you know, strawberry jam. <laughs> so we're using that word, fusion, and the gathering and the word, oh, come to me, word, come to me. It'll come to me in a little bit. It's a, it's a word, the quickening. I call it the quickening. The quickening is more than just being brought to life. The quickening is the actual fusion between body, soul, and spirit and being raised up to life, filled with life for eternity. That's the quickening. And that is, I believe, the truest definition of the quickening you will ever find because I studied it and studied it, and people stop. They just tend to stop when they're right at the door. So they stop. The quickening just means, oh, back to life. Like a body comes to life, that's the quickening. No, 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 no. You can't come back to life unless you have a spirit to begin with. You're not going to be a part of the quickening without the spirit. So since you are going to be a part of the quickening, Let's open with a word of prayer, and I'm going to open with John 17 by a man named Scorby. Scorby brilliantly, brilliantly went through the entire King James Bible, taped it. I didn't know he taped it uh, video, too. Watched him do it. And he pronounces it and does a brilliant job of reading and narrating the Bible. The other one was... Um, can't think of his name. He plays Darth Vader's voice. And uh, his is good. It's very good. But it has a little piano in the background, which is a little distracting to me. But I'll listen to it. You would be amazed. If you were to buy one of these CDs and just put it on, 
how much more you would hear and gain out of the scriptures. It's amazing. Get it in Hindi. I don't know if Scorby's in Hindi, but get somebody to just read the word in Hindi, and you will be amazed of how much more you will learn. So we're going to start right here with a word of prayer. Then we're going to go into Jesus with his apostles from John 17. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you are blessing us right now, even with this plague going around us, Chinese plague, and that our umbrella of protection is still there. Thank you for these people, these lovely, wonderful people who are seeking the truth, the enlightenment of the word of God, which is the only truth that we should be seeking. When we seek it daily, we renew our minds to it. We renew our minds to that we have Christ in us, that we are sanctified, glorified, redeemed. We are ambassadors for Christ. We have the righteousness of God now. And we are to put on the whole armor of God and to be able to do that and stand, having done all to stand. Thank you, Father. These things I have spoken unto you that in me... Jesus with his apostles. In the world. To me, this is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. You really listen to it. You shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Chapter 17. 17 of John. words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. By the way, the topic of this teaching is the oneness. The oneness of us and oneness with God. Jesus begins talking about it in this chapter, and we will expound upon it afterwards. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee. And these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. 
They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovedst me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Chapter 18. Okay, so you noticed over and over, Father, let them be one as we are one. Remember when Jesus Christ said, I and my Father are one? That didn't mean he was God any more than it does mean, Father, let them be one as we are one. Well, we are one with God. At the resurrection or at the gathering or at the word that I used a little bit ago, at the gathering together, the quickening, the quickening, at the quickening. Remember, he uses the word, then we shall be perfected. We are perfected at the quickening. Jesus was not perfected all through his life until he was raised from among the dead from when he was quickened. When he was quickened, his body, soul, and spirit was fused together, and he became perfect. That was the perfection. And Paul said, on this day have I begotten thee, was referring to that day he became perfected, body, soul, and spirit, and one with God. That is the perfection that God had been waiting for. The family now. We can become a spiritual family. When we get born again, yes, we're born of the seed of Jesus Christ and God. We are sons of God by birth. We are waiting for the return so we can be quickened together perfectly, fused together. So when that takes place, until then, the perfection is waiting. Those who are dead in Christ shall be raised first, and those of us who are alive shall remain, shall be caught up together forever to meet with the Lord in the air. These people that tell us we're in the middle of revelations haven't got a clue. They pick out a country, they pick out a demon, they pick out an evil person, and they make that person the Antichrist, or they make that person the son of perdition, or they make that person the false prophet. They themselves who do all that are false prophets. One of the biggest false prophets is Hal Lindsey. He started all this with a book called The Late Great Planet Earth. And in that book, he said, once Israel was taken over, restored, restored, then within one generation, which to me could be 40 to 70 years, depending on how you interpret the scriptures, 
So I've given him 70 years. That still has, he says the Lord will return within 70 years. Yeah, I've given him a pass. He's moved the goalposts so many times. The Lord hasn't returned within one generation. You know why? Because Israel was not restored by God. It was restored by man. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. I'm sitting here without a Bible in front of me. That's silly. But I, I, know, what, I know what it is. Basically, Ezekiel, is, the Lord is saying, Lord, look at those bones out in that valley, Ezekiel. Yeah, see those bones out there? They're dead. They're dead bones. I, I will breathe life into those bones, and they shall live, and then I shall restore Israel. There's nothing in there about man restoring Israel. And he says this, and you better believe it. He says, all of Israel is dead. They're dead. So who are these people walking around in Israel? They're a bunch of counterfeits. They are not descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what we're going to uh, go on to now is what is the oneness? I'm going to describe it a little bit more. We may have a little slight shorter teaching tonight, but you can give me the benefit of the doubt, can't you? <laughs> yeah. I want to bless you with this. People cannot believe. No, 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 no. He didn't mean we were really going to be one with God. No. People just don't believe it. New Agers believe it. They walk around, yeah, I'm one with God. They don't even have the Spirit. Bless their hearts. They love God, they love love, they love peace, they love truth. They just don't have the right scripture verses to back up what they believe. And they are seeking too. I will, I will seek anybody who is, <laughs> I will teach to and expound upon and uh, enlighten anyone who is seeking the truth. Because seekers can receive. A one who can't receive is one who doesn't seek. Their ears are closed. Their eyes are closed. Their mouth is shut. They're unbelievers. I want to find people who are seeking. That's my mission, to lead people under the way of God more perfectly and make all mankind see what is the fellowship of the mystery. That is my calling. I wasn't called to stand and evangelize and teach you First John, teach you how to pass out pamphlets. That's not what I do. I'm a little more advanced than that. This Christ in a mission ministry that we have involved here and you're involved with. You've got Christ in you. You're going to he heaven and all hell can't stop it. Whether you want to or not, you're going. You're already seated in the heavenlies. You're already a citizenship of heaven. You've already got a passport. We're just waiting for that little trumpet to sound. And I happen to know when it's going to, but I ain't going to be one of those saps that announces when the end is, and then it doesn't end, and then I look like a fool. I'm a little smarter than that. <laughs> so, we have a window of time of about four years. I'll go that far. Now, from my book, Christ in a Mystery, following the chapter on the gathering and the rapture, when we're all caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and the quickening, the quickening. I must put on my glasses. The oneness, chapter 8. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. You just heard that from John 17. Who is he talking to? The apostles. They're not born again yet, but he knows they're going to be. He knows they're going to receive the gift of Holy Spirit. The hardest concept for the religious person to imagine is being one with God. 
Let me repeat that. The hardest concept for the religious person to imagine he is, is being one with God. The paradox is solved when the way of the mystery was manifest and is now understood when Jesus Christ revealed our ultimate purpose and the fulfillment of his mission verbalized in John 17, which we just listened to. God is spirit, and he has been, he has given us of his spirit through the resurrection power he vested in Christ. This is the image of God, spirit. Don't give me this. We're all born in the image of God. That's impossible because God is spirit when we are not all spirit beings. That's the, that's the whole point of the whole Bible is to become a spiritual being like Christ. This is the image of God that man was originally created in, only now without condition and with infinite power. I'll go to that subtitle, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him, a knowing by experience in the Greek, and the power or the dunamis, an unparalleled spiritual power of his resurrection. That's what Paul said. I want to know him by experience, experience of the resurrection of his power. We are told to be perfect, Matthew 5.48. Even as our Father, God in heaven is perfect. Well, if we're told that, then it must be available. No, 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 that can't be written to me. I, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not going there. Believe it. Believe it. Why would he say to be perfect as God is perfect if it's not available? We are told to be perfect even as our Father in heaven is perfect. How can this be? If it's not available, then why are we told to be perfect as God is perfect? As explained in the previous chapter, the power of the quickening makes this oneness and perfection with God possible. His divine purpose of the ages. Now unto him who is able to carry out his purpose and do supernaturally more than all that we dare ask or imagine, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power that is at the constant state of unlimited energy within us. To him be the glory in the church, the oneness spiritual entity, and in Christ Jesus throughout all ages forever and ever. Ephesians 3, 20, 21, paraphrase scriptures of the mystery. I do have a paraphrased Bible of the mystery. I'm working on it. And the glory which thou gave me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them, and thou hast loved me. That's so beautiful. That's so beyond Shakespeare. That is so poetic. That is so godly. Wonderful. That's John 17, 22, 23. Why can't this be literal? For all things are possible with God. To be made perfect in one must be available, or Jesus Christ would not have spoken these words God gave him to speak. I'm, I'm in awe of that chapter. It's my favorite chapter. Neither pray for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe 
that thou hast sent me. Something wonderful is about to happen in order that we may be made one with God. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and that they believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all thine are mine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I am come to these. People, when he says, I pray, not uh, pray for them. They have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but I, but for them. He's talking about you sitting there in your tea party. He prayed for you 2,000 years ago. That prayer is coming to pass. You believed. What powerful words. Words have power, and they have energy, and they go out into the universe, and they come back not void. They come back filled, fulfilled. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through them thy name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. I believe it's time we expand our conscious understanding to believe this is a literal desire and glory that is within God's power to carry out. By not understanding becoming one with God is to limit the purpose and intent of all creation. In other words, you're walking around out there in the world without a clue as why you even exist. You don't know. If you don't know about the intention of becoming perfect and one with God, then you're just walking around clueless. When the realization that you are now one entity with the creator and God of the universe, then you know you are no longer in the world as Jesus Christ confessed. You are the universe of God, eternal in the heavens. You have transcended every mystical master, all the peace and God's promised in the world religions, their nirvana states of self-awareness transcended every great philosopher of the highest degree, surpassed the wisdom of the ancients, and especially risen above the false teachers of every wind of doctrine we were warned about, a facade built upon high priests and moral superiority who adorned themselves in cloaks of deception, that God is afar off from us, sinful creatures, and unattainable without suffering through guilt and perfect obedience. All their teachings begin with error, end in idolatry. When all this time we have access to the oneness of God and eternal life through the simplicity of Christ, this is our access, our cosmic bridge, our portal to God, Him only. You confess Christ and He confessed you as one with Him in God. For as the body, the spiritual entity is one, hath many beings, and all the spiritual beings of that entity being many are still in oneness as an indivisible entity. So also is Christ, the union of God. For by one spirit, we are all baptized. Don't you put water in there. By one spirit, it says, energetically merged into one entity whether we be of Jew or Gentile, whether we were bond or free, and have been all made to drink into the Spirit, one Spirit, but now are transformed from many beings into union as one absolute perfect entity. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 12, and 12, 13, and 20. 
paraphrase scriptures of the mystery. The many goals and promises of the world religions claim union with God. Oneness alone upon the mountaintops. Surrender your ego. Give up all desire. This is mysticism, which I used to accept and ascribe to as merely a feeling vocabulary of well-being, where they view separation from mankind and evil as merely an illusion. And the cycle of life and reincarnation evolves and higher each lifetime until set free from karma. But reincarnation is not something to be embraced. In reality, it is the repetition of death. There is no escape from death. Love, peace, forgiveness, all through all and in you all. Well, I skipped a page. Forgive me. And I probably didn't print it out. Read my chapter. All in all, through all and in you all. The farther we get away from these simple truths of the mystery, the more division and confusion is allowed to per perpetuate all kinds of false and limited belief systems that keep people in the dark and resist coming to the scriptures to experience what God has called us to. When we become one, we became the habitation of God. Oh, let that sink in. People, we have become the habitation of God. Temples, shrines, mosques, churches, ashrams, and synagogues are all empty shells of mostly idols of man-made systems of worship in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. That's Ephesians 2.22. You are built together for a habitation of God. This is now. This is not a concept or a theory. We're not to be put this reality in our, on in our minds until the fullness of Christ's return creates the final fusion of our body and soul and spirit of God that dwells in us. That in the age, listen to this, that in the age of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both who are in heaven and who are on earth, even in him. I believe there are more oneness verses in biblical scripture than any other text of any world religion or belief system. I will highlight a couple more, then move on into area of true oneness never explored before. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Judgment is a gnome in the Greek, meaning a cognition or a conscious perception of enlightenment. Cool. This truth and commandment is just not exclusive to Corinthians, but is also addressed to the entire assembly of God, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, holy enlightened ones, that are every place that called upon Jesus Christ. There is none other God but one, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things become one, and we are in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, whom are all things become one, and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we are made one entity by him. Another example. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17. This is the beauty of the mystery over and over. Yet how have we missed it? The power experienced in our lives now is only hindered because we are still in our earthen vessels. And Satan, along with religion and man-made divisions, are what makes up the world around us. We've been so indoctrinated into accepting the limitations 
of the five senses that spiritual matters are not a priority. I'll be right back. You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. is not one. Quantum physics is a universally accepted scientific theory based on the premise that we are all one or part of one another, all being from inanimate objects to animal and human life to the outer reaches of the universe. Because when you break everything down to atoms, which make up everything just mentioned, the theory is we We are all interconnected because of atoms. Well, I do not believe in this theory. I never have. The Bible shatters it to pieces because they're not going into the spiritual part of it. They just look at the material world. For instance, they do not include the fourth dimension of the spiritual realm. The scriptures declare there are four dimensions in Ephesians when Paul declares by revelation that may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. That's four. That makes four. Comprehend means a deep understanding. Sorry, scientists, there is not a fourth dimension. The spiritual realm is. Scientists want to say time is the fourth dimension. That's bully. When Jesus prayed in John 17 when asserting the oneness, he separates the world in which we exist. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. you got to laugh at that one. That's because it is separate from us. It is not one because of atomic structure. In several verses, it speaks of being sanctified, set apart by truth, by spirit, by even different ethnic groups and regions. We are even told to set ourselves apart from them. All this does not lead to one atomic structure, but a universe of separate matter. Sanctified means separate from. The darkness is separated from the light. Alienated, Ephesians 4.18 said we were once alienated from the life of God. This separates matter, not even atomically one. Sanctified, set apart. Scientists cannot explain electricity or the atomic structure of fire. How can they conclude fire is one with all matter? 
Quantum physics may have its place, but not as a con conclusive belief system to build upon. Scripture supersedes science. I harmonize scripture and science whenever possible, as I believe God intended. This is not just a one theory I try to squeeze scriptures with. Finally, in our mindset, we are to perceive this oneness as a perfection that is building and us toward a single concept of inseparable infinity. To equip the body holy, to equip the holy enlightened ones for their work of the ministry, the best chosen path for you and God, for building up the entity of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith, the common vibration, and of the ultimate knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfected Godhead, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the current waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head, unto Christ, from whom the whole entity joined and held together by every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the eternal entity grow as that it builds itself up in love. That vibration we're just heading toward love, people. We're vibrating and heading and going in the direction of love. That's where we're going to end, in love. Oh, beautiful thing. Have you ever heard such a language anywhere else express that we are and what we are becoming? The light and love of God. We are becoming the light and love of God. I've always said God is, is uh, perfecting. <laughs> perfection perfecting. Wow. Can you feel the love? Bring me a little Elton John. I believe in love. He sees us as he sees he is himself. I call it reflection realization. We reflect upon God until we are a perfect reflection of God. Yes, so now we, are, we ascend to the next level of existence. After death of our body and soul, we become the light. No physicality, no self, no memory. No thoughts, just pure light in the highest form of existence possible. No heaven or hell, paradise or any state of awareness, but one with his light. This is the only answer that is possible to those who rightly believe that the dead are truly dead until the last day, as Jesus mentioned five times in John chapter 6. However, do you, how do you reconcile John eleven twenty six? And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This only honest answer is your spirit lives on, yet with no identity, except to be one with the light of God until the quickening. This is heavy, folks. If you're kind of not following me, read this in my chapter. I'm going to read this again. I studied this for a long time, and this is the only answer to that verse. The only honest answer is your spirit lives on, yet with no identity. You are no longer so-and-so. You are a spirit who has become one with the light of God until the quickening happens and brings your body and soul and fuses you back together. Except without body and soul and are no longer in the land of the living, but remain in the spirit life as light. Your life is gone. Your thoughts perish in the dust. There's no more you. 
There's no time for space, only eternity. God is light, eternal light. It is the spirit that becomes one with God and pure light. We are called sons of light. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. This reference that we are also the light of God in the future eternity is revealed in Matthew 13, 43. Then shall the righteousness shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. There is no other way to explain John eleven twenty six. Oh, I've seen additions such as in the age to come or references similar, but the text is plainly stated, you shall never die. Awake thou that are asleep and arise from among the dead and Christ shall give you light. This can only mean the spiritual light for the spirit cannot die nor perish. Nothing can overcome or overtake the light. Yet it is not the spirit that is, uh, is us or that makes you an individual. It is eternal God light. God is light. Now we are light in the Lord. Where our spirit dwells in the light, no man can approach. First Timothy 6.16. No man has seen. Christ is the one who brings us to the true light. Only the God part of you or his nature never dies. And he lives in light and that no one can come near. Compared to the sun. That which returns to the sun is the sun. God is pure light, pure energy, no human thoughts, no earthly memory. It's a state of being God, love light. It is unfathomable, incapable of being understood. The deepest of mysteries for you shall know even know. Here it is. For you shall know even as you are known. What that must be in that state of being is simply pure light. Pure bliss. Ephesians 4, 24 says, We were created in righteousness and true holiness. Our source. So upon death of our body and soul, our spirit returns to the source, awaiting in a state of oneness in light until the quickening of our body, soul, and spirit. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning. For he is perfect and never changes. It was of his own will that he gave us birth as his children of light by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creation, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purposes. That's uh, James 1, 17, 18, the Amplified Version. I believe that throughout eternity, after the quickening, we are able to be uniquely manifest as ourselves and also to blend into the oneness of his light and love at will. Wow, soak that in. Just as God manifests himself in various forms, so shall he also manifest as God on the throne, calling, ruling the kingdoms of heaven and earth. For he is omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. John saw a future of this manifestation, and the city has no need of the sun nor of the moon or give light to it for the glory, the splendor, the radiance of God has illuminated it, and the Lamb is its lamp and light. That's in Revelations. 
22-23, as I began with the oneness to new age thought, language, and belief in the quest to becoming one with the universal intelligence or God, here is where they must come to the truth and illumination of Scripture, that the oneness is opened unto us by way of the Spirit only, and we are not born with this innate spiritual ability. The many goals of the world, religions, is union with God, oneness, mysticism, without spirit, that experiences or that experience results in various states of self or soul awareness, but without spirit, it is not contact with God or union with God. They're kidding themselves. Christ is the gateway to the spiritual dimension and the oneness of God. Christ is the only gateway to the oneness and union with God that they must surrender to and integrate into whatever other belief and practices they so wish. The mystery shatters the illusion of the religious as well as the non-religious, that Christ is God's chosen path to union with him, and that any other way is light years from the oneness of God. The good news is that it is available to be literally one with God. Jesus prayed for you and me. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them who shall believe on me through their word. We believe this, their word and their words written that became manifested in the mystery when the kingdom of God came and the door was opened to the entire world to become one with God in Christ's words. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one just as we are one. And I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected and completed into one, so that the world may, may know without any doubt that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. One more paragraph, folks. This is the seventh of the eight wonders of the mystery. We have revealed from a mystical approach to the scriptures. In the coming kingdom, there will be a need for someone to reign in these kingdoms, in the new heaven. Our kingdom reign is the pinnacle surprise we never saw coming. <laughs> but God is preparing us for them in his eternal purpose of ages. Did you know that your reward, if you stay the course, how can you have millions of kings in one kingdom? Hmm, that doesn't work. He's got millions of kingdoms out there awaiting a king. And you've been chosen, to, that is your reward. Jesus Christ said, I appoint unto you a kingdom, even as my Father has appointed unto me. Well, what kind of kingdom did Jesus have right now? About the size of a uh, Milky Way. So here's the keys. Hello, welcome to heaven. I'm your Father. Meet your brother. Here's the keys to Galaxy 9. Now go run it. <laughs> go reign in that kingdom. That's your kingdom. It will grow under your rulership. And it says in Colossians, you, ha you have acquired the ability to run a kingdom. He's made you adequate. We are going to reign in a kingdom. We're not just a bunch of serfs. Nobody teaches that. Nobody teaches that. Nobody, nobody, nobody. That's in my last chapter of my book. Believe it, because it's the truth. Because when you reign in that kingdom, it's like today. People go, man, there must be life out there. There must really be life. I mean, there's so many galaxies and planets and kingdoms and suns and whatever. That's where they got it wrong. We are the beginning. 
They are to be occupied. They are to be inhabited in the future. Future kingdoms, future worlds, future lives, future, future everything. They just got it backwards. This is the beginning of the entire, entire empire they never saw. God bless you. You're the best. Thank you. And I will pray for you just as I pray for everyone. Everyone. Unconditional love has no conditions. I'm going to sing a little Beethoven piano music to go out with tonight. God bless your hearts. I love you. Tea party. Hold your heads high. You've got God and Christ in you. You are the habitation of God. Mm -hmm.